Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Our Weekends Booked. I'm Brielle. And I'm Kate. And this week we want to know, can you keep a secret? So this week we're going to be talking about the book Flock by Kate Stewart. And as always, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of author information, just the little bits that we were able to find. Um, she is a USA Today bestselling author. She's originally from Texas, but resides in North Carolina. We found that she's a huge John Hughes fan and loves everything 80s and 90s. And she writes contemporary romance, romantic comedy, and erotic suspense. And erotic was one way to describe this book. Completely not in our normal genre, but we're going to get to that later. We both, we, we, we liked this book, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say that I liked it. They, uh, from what I could find, it says that the genre was actually contemporary romance. I just don't know how I feel about that. But I mean, overall, it was a really good book. There was some parts where I felt a little bit confused, but by the end, everything kind of came together pretty neatly. Yeah, this was, um, it, it was a romance. It definitely was a romance, but it was, for you smut lovers, a, a little smutty. A little? That's an understatement. <laughs> My cheeks were turning burning bright red when I was reading some parts of this book. Yeah, like, um, at one point I, in my mind, I was like, this is like Fast and the Furious meets Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, I can definitely see that concept making sense. All right, so let's start with um, Cecilia. So she's our main character. Um, and I think that the way the book starts off, the way, the way that Kate Stewart, like, starts it off is it's, um, Cecilia talking and she says that she's sick and right away I was like oh man what do you mean you're sick because that can mean so many things right that can mean like you actually have a sickness that can mean that you're sick and tired of something um, so in my mind like my, the wheels were already turning like first page in I was like I am not sure what to expect and I will go, say that going into this, like we had seen so many posts and, you know, um, on book talk or Instagram about this book that at first we weren't going to read it. And then we were like, we got to read it. So I went ahead and bought them and you had already had them. And then we, you know, we kind of threw in the TBR and we picked it like right away. It was like our first book of 2023. Yeah. I mean, this, is, this set of books, I actually bought all three at once because I have a problem. But um, we finally picked it. It's been on my shelf since probably middle of last year. And I just never picked it. And so when we finally picked it, I was I was really excited. And I mean, like I said, overall, I felt like it was a really good book, but it was a little it was a little much for me at times, like I said. But I think that the relationship between the main characters, which we'll get into in a little bit, had to have happened to make the whole story make sense. Oh yeah, for sure. Like if, if it had it gone any other way, I don't, I don't, like you said, like, I don't think it would have made sense. No. So, um, back to Cecilia. So she has lived with her mom for, she was 18, right? Going on 19 or was she 17? She was 18 going on 19. Yeah. 18 so, going on 19. And she's basically lived with her mom like her whole life. And her dad, um, was like paying child support, kind of like supporting them and since she was about to turn 19, he was like, okay, no more. Mom's cut off. And Cecilia kind of had to, like, make 
a deal with him. He has a company and she was going to, you know, move in with him for one year, work at his company, see how like the groundwork of the company is. I guess maybe he has plans that hopefully she'll take it over. And then she would also enroll in college courses. So, you know, that was going to be like his way of helping her mom, even without like actually writing a check. Well, the whole thing was that after she worked for him for that year that she would collect her inheritance. Okay. Yes. That was, that was part of the deal. So then she said, cause in her mind, then she's going to give that money to her mom. Yeah. Cause her mom is kind of like a basket case at this point. Like, I, I guess she might've had like a nervous breakdown and she does have a boyfriend and her boyfriend is kind of like forced to like have her move in. But he's like, you know, I'm not going to take Cecilia. I'm just going to take you. I don't have the room or whatever the reasoning was. So she's kind of like on her own. She really doesn't have a choice at this point. No, I mean, and I think that she could have went to college like right away, but without her dad's money to help her mom, she's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. I mean, I think anybody would do that. I did think it was a little strange that when she, like her dad made her make this agreement with him, that she was going to come and live with him and work at her company, that he basically had her sweating on the line with everybody else instead of actually showing her how the business was run. Yeah, and I'm wondering if, like, we don't get a lot of background about the dad. We we know he's, like, a big wig. We know that the town is pretty much scared of him, right? He, like, controls everybody's money because this is, like, a small town. This is, like, a little blue-collar town, and he's, like, this mega boss. Um, But maybe he was, like, trying to, like, punish her in a way, like, because she says that she stopped visiting him when she was, like, 11 or 12 or something didn't really care much for him after that because he in turn didn't really care much for her either or her mom or but um so maybe he's like using it as like a punishment like I'm gonna show you what you could be if you don't like do what I say and become what I am I mean I never looked at it that way I guess it could be like that too or maybe he's teaching her that you know she has to start at the bottom to work her way up to get to where he is. I mean, because when she's living with him, he basically gives her carte blanche to everything else. Like they live in a mansion. She has a pool. She has a hot tub. She has a huge garden. Like she can do it. And he doesn't really monitor her that much per se. He just doesn't like when she comes home late or has un, um, uninvited guests. I mean, that are invited for him. He doesn't want strangers in his house. Yeah. And he's not but, even I mean, there a lot though. He has like a whole nother apartment I think it's like in Charlotte or something and he's not there it's a very weird dynamic right all of these characters in this book have like very strange relationships yeah to say the least (laughs) which brings me to our next main character Sean who is one of the supervisors at Cecilia's dad's factory um they quickly form a friendship there's a lot of banter back and forth um they kind of become friends and then he invites her over to a a party at his house and you kind of see their relationship grow from there which he's an odd person yeah he's kind of like like a naturalist right 
he's like super optimistic about everything, totally outdoorsy. Yeah, and he doesn't like a lot of technology. He always, but the weird part is like, there's a part in the book. So let me stop myself for a minute before I go too far, before I explain more about Sean. But so he's kind of a strange guy. He has all these friends. She meets them at this party and they're all kind of like in this brotherhood, which is kind of where Brielle and I kind of felt like it was kind of the Fast and Furious type stuff. Um, and they all have these big matching tattoos. So she meets all of his friends and, you know, it's just like this casual hangout. And then all of a sudden they're like together every single day. And she basically like falls in love with the guy in like a couple days. Yeah. Unless it's slightly unrealistic, really. Well, I mean, as a 19 year old girl though, and he's like, what, 25. So he's older. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from what we had learned about her, she had only had like one or two like semi real relationships and they didn't end well. Like the last guy like cheated on her. So she, I think in the mind of a 19 year old girl, you're seeing this guy, this is a man, right? He has a job and he has a place to live and he has this really nice muscle car. I mean, her like mind is probably blown that he's even giving her the time of day. Yeah, that's true. I guess you could look at it that way. And there is a few times in the book where she even says, like, inside of her head, like, what is she doing? Yeah, or, like, why do they want to be my friend? Or or why do they want to hang out with me? Or Which I guess is, like, you know, once myself being a teenage girl, I guess that that makes a lot of sense. Because that's how you think when you're that age. Especially, yeah. it seemed like she was very sheltered from, like, her relationship with her mom. Because it seemed like... They were kind of not, I don't want to say destitute, but her mom never had a lot of money. It seemed like they were moving around a lot, jumping from couch to couch. Like, you know, it didn't seem like a very stable upbringing. Yeah, she was probably like more of a parent than her mom actually was. That's kind of the the picture that I got from it. Yeah, no, I agree completely. So, yeah, I guess she's entranced by this guy, Sean. And they, you know, they quickly start going on dates and things like that. And, um... He waits for her to make the first move, you know, when they're, they go on this hike and she, they're just laying there looking up at the sky and she thinks he's asleep and she ends up kissing him. And he's basically like, what took you so long? And then something happens where she gets like a phone call or something. And he's like, I don't want you to be on your phone around me, which at first I thought was super controlling. Right. But then I thought about it and, you know, nowadays most people can't live without their cell phone basically attached to their hand. So, you know, I felt like maybe he wanted that interaction, their time when they spent it together to be between them and not with other distractions. Yeah, that's, um, <laughs> we will <laughs> find out. This is crazy, but like, we will find out that there is more to it, but Sean is one of those firm believers. You know how when you're like scrolling on your phone and you say like something like an an ad for toilet paper, you're talking about toilet paper and then you open your phone and there's like an ad for toilet paper on your phone, right? It's like Sean is a firm believer that the government is watching him and watching his friends. And that was his main point for not wanting to have her phone around because he thought it it is a tracking device. Yeah. Which, you know, we find out later, but when I originally had read that, I was like, okay, is he just being controlling in this situation or what's happening right now? 
And then eventually, yeah, but, you know, like you said, they explained it and it made sense. Yeah, I definitely thought controlling at first, too, because I thought, oh, he's so perfect that this is his flaw. He's like a controlling, you know, asshole, but it didn't exactly go that way. Let's backtrack really quickly to you had mentioned the tattoos. So Sean and all his buddies, they have raven tattoos. And she doesn't, Kate Stewart doesn't really explain if they're all the same tattoo or if they're variations of the same tattoo. But I'm going to tell you that I knew that this was not a fantasy book, but my warped fantasy brain kept wanting this to have some type of paranormal, paranormal creature in it. I wanted them, like Sean and his friends, to be like a pack of werewolves. You know, like, I just... I just thought, like, the way that she describes everything, I just thought that that's the path we were going down. But then it turns out that they're just, like, a brotherhood who have matching tattoos. <laughs> yeah, which the tattoos kind of threw me off, too. But by the time you get to the end of the book, I guess they kind of make sense. I still am not really sure why it's a raven, but maybe that'll be explained we should mention that this is the first book in a three book series and we've only finished the first one. We have not finished the other two. So I'm sure that there's a lot of questions that we might have that hopefully get answered in those other books. But for right now, it's just kind of lingering out in the universe because we haven't read them yet. Yeah. All right. So the third, like, I guess, main player in flock is Dominic. Again, super hard for me to picture this guy as not being Vin Diesel because, again, he drives a muscle car and his name's Dominic. Like, my brain is just blown right now. <laughs> but <laughs> he is Sean's polar opposite, would you say? Yeah, but he's also his best friend. Yes, and they're roommates. And the yeah, web so... continues to weave. <laughs> So Dominic is dark and brooding and you get like that dangerous bad boy vibe from him. You know, he is the complete opposite of Sean. Sean's the light. He's the dark. Sean is always like smiling. Dominic's always scowling. Sean is like, you know, you know, perfect for sunny days. And Dominic turns out that he likes those dark gloomy days. And this guy is... Sex on a stick. I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I mean, she she basically describes him and the way Cecilia sees him, like she can't keep her eyes off of him. She's always trying to steal looks at him because he's just so attractive that she can't. And I don't think that maybe it's his looks. I think that a part of her is curious because of the things you said about his bad boy reputation and, you know, his kind of standoffish attitude I guess she's kind of intrigued by that so do you think it was um it was like something that you you were not supposed to touch so you really want to touch it yeah I mean again she's 19 so you know I feel like a lot of times it's more boys than like girls that are like that you know, there's all the, the man's always the one that's like, oh, I can't have you. So now I want you more. But in this yeah. situation, I felt like it was kind of reversed, but not really, though, because I feel like he was just as attracted to her as she was to him. 
Yeah, but he did in the beginning, like when he first met her, because he doesn't work at the factory, right? He works at like, um, like an auto auto shop, like garage. Yeah. So when Sean brings her there, he basically is like the biggest jerk and is like, get her out of here. She can't be here. She's too young. Get her out of here. She doesn't belong here. And Sean- yeah, but I think I think that that attitude that he had was because of what we find out at the end of the book. Oh yeah, I I definitely agree with that. But if you're taking that out of play, he's like he's just a, he's just an asshole. Yeah, that's true. That it definitely true. If you take that thought out of it, that's definitely how he comes across. But the interesting thing about the dynamic between these three characters is that Sean knows and sees that Cecilia is attracted to Dominic and just plays it off so casually like they can just be this happy thruple. Yeah. <laughs> A happy thruple. Yeah, and that it it kind of like made it a little bit unbelievable for me that this guy would just be so unforgiving. Like here is now he hasn't like officially said like, you're my girlfriend, but here is the girl that you're spending all your time with. And she is lusting over your best friend right in front of your face. And he literally says to her, do whatever you want. It's fine. I don't care. He's like, we don't care about things like that. We're a brotherhood. We're always going to be a brotherhood. We don't let, you know, girls get in between us. Like, they are living bros before hoes. Yeah. Eskimo brothers. Eskimo brothers. (laughs) I mean, I just, like, I'm going to have to cut that out. But I just, I just, I don't know. And this is where this book got really weird for me. Because, like I said, I don't care about a little bit of smut being in books. I feel like. You know, especially with the fantasy genre, you always have enemies to lovers. There's always some sexual tension between characters. But this was like whole nother level for me. Because I don't read books that are like smutty like that. And when I say that they became this happy little thruple, she was sleeping with both of them at the same time. And they both knew. And it was like Brielle said earlier, Sean was the guy she'd spend all of her sunny days with. And they'd go hiking and kayaking or whatever they do in the herpes commercials. And then... You have. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then you have Dominic that was, you know, the dark, mysterious guy who wanted to read all day. And so he became the guy she'd spent her rainy days with. And they just lay in bed all day and read and talk. And so she actually forms like a real relationship with both of these people. And like what just blows my mind about the whole thing is like how casual it all was. And I guess there's a lot of people that live like that, right? Like there's a lot of polyamorous relationships and more power to you. I just don't think I could handle that. No, I'm not for that lifestyle either. But I mean, if you look at it, Cecilia got the best of both worlds, right? She's got her bad boy. She's got her good boy. You know, I mean, she has everything like rolled up into like one beautiful little package. Um, and I'm not even sure if like the polyamorous aspect of it is what blew my mind the most in this book. I know that you're like hung up on all the smut. Um, I will say that when, when it first happens, it's like a threesome 
And then I was like, okay, I don't think I'm going to be able to finish this. But then it kind of splits off where they, they, they only seem to do that one time. And then they like split off into where they're, you know, Sean is the sunny days and Dominic is the rainy days. But again, like I said, I think that the relationship between the three of them actually, as much as the smuttiness of it all kind of bothered me, I felt like it kind of equally showed the complexity of the relationship of these three main characters that needed to be there to make sense of this whole situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I think if you only had one of them, they're basically falling in love, like all of them. They're falling in love with her. She's falling in love with them, correct? So I think that if you only had one side of this, because of the turn of events, like at the end of the book, if you only had one side, like if she only had Sean, then Sean breaks her heart. She can go to Dominic, right? But in this case, and we're not going to tell you how it gets there, but in this case, they both betray her. Which is really sad. I mean, what I will say about that portion of the book is that, um, you know, how we said we felt like it was Fast and the Furious meets Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, naively and ignorantly throughout this whole book, we didn't realize that this is a Robin Hood retelling until close to the end. And then I thought to myself, well, everything makes sense now. Yes, I completely missed it. The whole time I'm trying to play on words. I'm trying to turn the Raven Hood, because that's what it is. It's Flock the Raven Hood by Kate Stewart. I'm trying to turn that into mean the Brotherhood. Oh, it's the Raven Hood because they have these Raven tattoos. Completely flies over my head that Dominic and Sean and their friends are like stealing from rich corporations and funneling that money into the poor blue collar community that they live in. Yeah. Totally over my head as well. I mean, I literally think I didn't even realize it until it was said word for word in the book. And there was a lot of like conspiracy theories in here as well that I missed, or maybe I'm not smart enough to understand. I don't know, but there is one part of the book and Sean goes on this like spiel and like, I kind of got lost because I was like, what the heck is he talking about? Like I I need my tinfoil cap at this point to understand this. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Like what part I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and, and that kind of ties into what we talked about earlier about his whole no cell phone thing. Yes, exactly. So it does make sense. In the broad scheme of things, it does make sense. And it is well written. I'm not saying that that this is a bad book at all. Like I gave it four stars on Goodreads. And I really debated like, do I give it five stars, which is not something I do a lot. But I decided not to I gave it four stars, probably because of all the smut going on. But it because I didn't pick up on the the Robin Hood right away, I was like, damn, she really wrote this book well. Same thing for me. Like, I actually gave it three stars, but, you know, that's just my opinion. And I, I do look forward to reading the rest of the series. I did think it was really well written as well. And I really, like, it kind of blew my mind that the whole time we're thinking that this book is completely different. And then you get to the end and you're like, oh, my God, it all makes sense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, she did such a good job with it. Now I know why there are people, like, on, you know, Book Talk that are 
obsessed with this series. Like, I understand. I'm not obsessed with it, but I thought it was really good. And I do want to read the second and the third one. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to see how the story plays out because I did feel like this book left off on a cliffhanger. And I hate that because now I really want to know what's happening. But, you know, it did have a lot of unanswered questions. So I really, I really hope that in the second book, um, some of those things are explained or even the third book. I mean, we will finish the series. We just, you know, not going to read them consecutively. Um, But I mean, overall, I really enjoyed it. I think Kate Stewart has a really unique writing style that I really appreciate. So if you haven't read the Flock series, which I think we might be the last people that read books to read the series, um, then you definitely should. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely recommend it. And I know that, you know, there are people out there that really, they like the spicy stuff and, you know, that, that it's right up their alley, but it's not like dumbed down. You know what I mean? Like it, it actually makes you think, and there are so many different interpretations of Cecilia and of Sean and of Dominic and like how they all fit together and why they all fit together. So super excited to, you know, read the next two. I do highly recommend it. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up episode 11 of our weekends booked. If you guys enjoyed, please give us a rating on whatever podcast outlet you listen to. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram at our underscore weekends underscore booked. Again, I'm Kate. And I'm Brielle. Until next time. (laughs) 